0: Welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Hey, I hope you're doing well today. I hope the boxes are getting checked. Things are going well. Things are pinging for you today. You know, we all have those high moments in our business and, you know, sometimes those not so high moments. But hey, wherever you are in your business, whatever you're facing, whatever your week's been like, I'm going to bring you some good advice today to help you do business better. Today, we're diving into one of the older conversations from the Good Advice podcast. We're gonna be talking about value. Do you know it? And more importantly, are you communicating it well to those around you? I think this really is like a two-part conversation. First of all, because a lot of us don't know our value. I mean, imposter syndrome is a very real thing. It's something that I've battled. I mean, it's something that frankly, everyone's battled at some point. But do you know how awesome you are? But more importantly, Are you communicating how awesome you are when it comes to that next promotion to that next sale, you know, really getting your business where you want it to go? It it takes actually being able to communicate all the awesome stuff that you do. And when you don't do that, well, well, you get a little frustrated because, you know, your own genius and yet people don't seem to see it themselves. So today we're gonna be talking about how do you identify your value, but more importantly, how do you tell other people about it so that they know how awesome you are too. All that and more is on the show today, but before we dive in, let's hear a word about one of the amazing businesses that sponsor this podcast. Check this out, we'll be right back soon. You know that feeling at 10 o'clock at night when you finished a long day of work and you're trying to figure out all the financials of your business? Well, the good news is you don't have to be an expert in this space. You got to just know who is the expert to call. That person is Steve Lay with Equity Business Solutions, and he does business bookkeeping services better than anyone else I know by not only helping you manage your books, he can also be the expert to help you understand your books. On top of that, he also handles payroll for businesses and really takes the worry and stress of managing all of these things so that you can focus on running your business well. So what are you waiting for? Stop wasting time trying to understand all these elements of your business. Call Steve Lay at Equity Business Solutions and he'll show you the value beyond the numbers. Go to equitybusinesssolutionsllc.com to find out more. It's something that I see people struggle with from a fundamental standpoint whenever it comes to either one, having a successful business, or two, being someone who is a successful professional. And often I'll talk with people who they don't understand why they aren't advancing in their career. They don't get why they were passed up for the promotion. They don't they don't understand why they're not making any headway, and from the business standpoint, You have people as well who they don't get why no one's buying their products, why they don't have a lot of customers, why their business seems to be failing. All of these situations really come back to a very simple concept, and it's the concept of value. And if you can be someone who really, one, understands your value, and two, who can communicate it, it's actually going to start transforming both your life and your business to create the life that you actually want. Right, which sounds kind of like New Agey. Like, what does it mean to create the life you want? But, but really, as you think about being a successful person, and and especially grounding this on the concept of value, think about a time that someone you were you were just walking on the street corner. Okay, maybe you have a cup of coffee in your hand, and you're just you're just enjoying the day, and you're walking on on a sidewalk, walking on a on a street corner, and someone walks up to you, and they grab you by the arm, and they say, "Hey, I I really need to tell you something." And this is a total stranger, okay? And they look you in the eyes and they say, "You are amazing," and you're not just amazing. And this person doesn't just say nice things to you. They start naming off all of the things you're really good at. Man, you're so charismatic, or you're so caring. You're such a good encourager. Man, you really care about people. Now you're you're probably thinking you're you're probably a little confused, right? Because. This has never happened to anyone since the dawn of time, unless it was someone mentally ill who <laughs> was just grabbing random people on the street corner. It doesn't happen, right? And that's because it's not because people aren't, like, kind. It's because no one really knows your value. And I would argue that even, even – I myself as a person, I, I don't always know my value, right? It's why I surround myself with people who can speak life into me. You know, my wife is an inc- just this incredible encourager because on the days that I'm like, man, I suck, she's able to speak value into me. But beyond the people who really know me, there aren't people in my life who are going out of their way to communicate my value for me. So when I see people struggling, one, they don't understand that value. Two, they don't know how to communicate it so that when they meet someone who doesn't know them, what ends up happening is they let that other person dictate what their value is. And I'm going somewhere with this, especially professionally, but but more specifically with business. In life in general, I've realized that people always give you value, right? It's like if you think about we we know this from just like the most basic concept of friendship. When you think about the concept of best friend or, or maybe you are, uh, maybe you're a girl and you have, you know, your BFFFFs, right? I mean, you have your BFF then you have your BFFFF and you know, you have like the layers or the tiers of friendship, right? And And, you know, and guys have it too, but we just don't have the vernacular around it. But You know, you have your group of friends, you have sort of your inner circle of friends, and then you have like your bestie who, you know, this is the person you're calling when everything is falling apart. You know, my wife, for example, she has a friend on or a relative on Marco Polo, which is like this video messaging app. And whenever this, this one person sends her a message, it's like it's it's I feel like I'm competing in some ways. Right. I mean, I'm her husband. I'm her boo. I'm her man. And yet she doesn't get as excited when I send her a text than when this bestie friend sends her a text or sends her a, a video message or what have you. So so we all understand that we we have different levels of value on the people who are in our lives. Same thing is true in the work world. You know, when you think about your job, uh, this sounds really harsh, but you better believe that your boss or the owner of the company has the same philosophy about its people. It has, and this is even beyond salary, it's beyond title. There are, in fact, I'm thinking about, I had a client who I worked with who we were talking to him about. He wanted this team event. He wanted some help with some of his employees and he was bringing 10, he was the owner of this major company, and he was bringing 10 of his most senior trusted people to this meeting, and I said, well, tell me a little bit about these people, and so he sends me back an email with this rating scale from 1 to 10 of all of these employees, and you would think that the highest ranked person would be like a 10, right, and the lowest ranked would be a 1, but that actually wasn't the case, What actually happened was you had these rankings and these titles and positions and in spite of the positions, he had a perspective, this owner had a a philosophy on how he would rank his employees. Now that sounds really harsh and it maybe even sounds a little mean, but we naturally do this, right? I mean, think about a time at work that something didn't pan out or let's just say something like it totally got screwed up and it needed to be solved in a moment, If you think about work tomorrow and walking in and something is totally bombed, screwed up, already in your mind, you have a person who you would go to to help solve it, someone you could count on. And you also, you know, I feel like what we also tend to do is we have those people who no matter how bad the problem is, I mean, this place could be on fire. I would not go to this person, right? Right. So we, we understand this value system from a conceptual standpoint, and we, we live in this value system, but specifically what I see time and again, when I work with people who are frustrated and they're stuck in their career, is they, one, they misunderstand their value, and two, they don't communicate their value. And I'm going to get to that in a second. I also see the same thing with people's businesses, which I'll talk about uh, in a little bit. So going back to my first point. I was talking to a guy who, he was frustrated, he, he had gotten passed up for a promotion, and he starts telling me, I and mean, it's a long story about all the things he's done for his business, how he's a team player, how he's trustworthy, how he solves problems better than anyone else, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, what he didn't understand was he was talking out of his own self-perception. It's a self-perception that doesn't necessarily match what other people think, Right? And so my response was, as he's saying, "I'm this phenomenal po- employee." I I simply responded with the question. I said, "How do you know?" And he kind of looked confused, and he said, "Well, what do you mean?" And I said, "You know, you said you're an awesome team player. You're strategic. You solve problems. H- how do you know? Well, what do you mean? How do I know?" I I know who I am. I mean, <laughs> and, and he, he couldn't really grab onto this question of, of how do you know you are actually those things? And what I was getting at was perception, right? Do people actually think that about you? I think about when I was younger, how I was sarcastic all the time. And I thought that I was hilarious. And it wasn't until I lost some friends that I realized, man, I'm a huge jerk. Seriously. My sarcasm is really not that funny. It's really not that engaging. My perception did not match reality. I think about another guy who he was a boss and he he talked to me about how his life purpose is to help people and people really love working for him. And and so I actually I went to his employees and I I met with them and 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 or actually I I sent them a a form for them to fill out and it basically said, I want you to rate your boss from one to five, and I want you to write what you think about your boss, is essentially what it was. Well, what I got back were pretty much all ones, which one is bad. Uh, and also what I got back were things like, he's not only a terrible boss, but a terrible person, (laughs) which is pretty surprising for somebody who said his life purpose is for people to know that he cares about them, right? So we don't always fully understand our value and that's, and you know, this is kind of a random segue, but it's also why it's so important to get feedback from people. You know, my wife, we were driving home from church last Sunday and, We are pulling into the driveway and she said, what could I be doing to be a better wife to you? You know, that, that, that vulnerability and asking for feedback is one way that we can figure out how valuable we are and what we need to improve on, right? It's, you know, I can say that my value is that I'm an awesome husband, but it makes me think of, I was at, I was meeting with some guys and we were kind of talking about these five areas that that husbands can be uh, effective in. And the guy, his name was Garrett, was was leading this conversation. and, And Garrett said, "You know, I encourage you to go home and ask your wives how you're doing in these five areas. And it's always bothered me because I've never sat down and asked her what she thinks of me in those five areas. I've never done it, ever. And I could say maybe I'm busy or I already know the answer or whatever, but I think what it is deep down is that I'm unwilling to face the disconnect between my perception of value and her perception of my value, right? From a business standpoint, the same thing is true. You know, when you think about your business and maybe you're someone who you just started a business, maybe you're someone who you're wanting to start a business. One of the biggest mistakes I see are people under misunderstanding their value as a business. And in, and in fact, sometimes operating out of delusions of grandeur. And so I was talking to a guy a few weeks ago and he said, uh, you know, we're talking about his business idea and he said, Oh, well it's like Amazon, but a lot better. And I said, okay, so it's like a billion dollar business that everyone loves and adores, <laughs> but better than that. I guess now it's a trillion dollars. How is it better than that? You know, well, it just is. It's awesome, it's great. Or someone I was talking to the other day, he was talking about how he wants to create a new social media platform and I said, "Okay, tell me about it." He said, "Well, I want it to be like Facebook, but a lot better." Okay, well, Facebook has millions upon millions. I mean, maybe they have a billion users, I don't know. You know, it's 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 this total misunderstanding, right? Or or maybe it's maybe it's not a delusion of grandeur. Often what I see with businesses is that People think that what they're offering is actually valuable when really it's not. So for example, I was talking to a guy who he has a design agency. So what they do is they essentially, a person would come to them because they want something designed. Like I need a logo or I need this, uh, I need a business card or I need a, so it's, it's all design related stuff. And I said, okay, tell me more about what you're offering. And he said, well, what sets me apart from all of my competitors is that I offer 30 designs a month when people are members with me, whereas everyone else does 20 designs a month. Now think about what could be an issue here. I'm thinking this through and I'm I'm talking to him and I say, okay, uh, how do you know that that's actually valuable? And he's like, well, what, what? 30 is more than 20. Of course it's valuable. It's <laughs> it's 50% more, you know? You're getting 10 more than you were before. I mean, it's totally valuable. Well, it may not be valuable to the customer, right? In fact, if you think about like Blockbuster, for example, which, you know, I remember back in the day and 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 maybe I'm the only one who hated going to Blockbuster, but I'm talking to people who like sort of they they sort of dream of a day where Blockbuster was still around, right? And so whenever Blockbuster gets brought up, it's like, oh, I totally miss going to Blockbuster. It was so fun going through all the... De- I hated it. You know, the one near my house, it smelled. The the people who worked the front desk were kind of creepy. Um, I always felt just like, I just want to get in here and get out of here. And also, there was also like this overwhelming shame and guilt for the fact that I had late fees. And so it was like, am I going to be able to check this out without them saying something? Or, you know, I have seven siblings or excuse me. I have, no, I don't. I have five siblings. And so there's, there's eight of us total. When you count my parents, and I was thinking at sometimes, you know, who in my family could I blame to convince this person to let me check out this movie, right? And so I'd be like, oh, that's my brother. You know, hey, he's, he's off to war, so he can't <laughs> – you're just going to have to track, track him down. I don't know. Well, so Blockbuster, when you think about this perspective of value offering and misunderstanding your value, this is literally the epitome of why Blockbuster failed, You know, when Blockbuster was doing market research and they were trying to to determine how they can grow and do better, they essentially felt like people love coming to our stores. They love the the um, sort of coincidence of running into their neighbors right it's like you're at the you're at the the checkout line and your neighbor walks in and it's like oh my gosh hey i haven't seen you since yesterday and so they they were saying people love the feeling of seeing people they know you know they love the feel and smell of this plastic uh dvd container or you know way back in the day what really had a smell were the vhs containers they love these things well what was really interesting was this company came along and they said we think People like being able to sit in their pajamas and watch whatever they want from their couch. We think people like just just signing up online and getting in the mail exactly whatever they've ever wanted. And we think that they would enjoy having it for as long as you want. right? Because think about it, with Netflix, when it first started, you could order something and you could keep it as long as you want. You just couldn't get anything new until you returned it, which went against Blockbuster's uh, basic money-making uh, model was that it was something like, I don't know, 10 to 30%, who knows? A, ch- a chunk of their revenue came from late fees, right? Also, when Netflix was first getting started, they they there was an offer for Blockbuster to actually buy them out. Well, as you know, the story goes, Blockbuster said, eh, no, we don't think people really want that. We're going to pass. Sorry. We don't think you're going to make it. And surprisingly enough, we have Netflix as this major mogul. You know, it's it's almost like a, an assumed membership like Amazon, right? It's like who doesn't have an, an Amazon account, right? And then Blockbuster, I think I saw like the last store closed last year or something. And this This store was like a total titan. You know, another example, Kodak. Kodak had actually had digital photography as a technology. They had it developed internally. I mean, imagine this boardroom where someone walks in. I, I just envision like a scientist <laughs> walking in and saying, you know, hey, we've created this thing where you can, cre- you can actually save pictures to a disk instead of having the handheld, you know, print out uh, photography. And some executives said, nah, people don't don't really like that. They don't really want that. What people value is think about way back in the day where you would take the picture with the Kodak camera and it would make the you know the sound as it's it's feeding out, you know some of you can probably hear it in your head right now. but as the photograph slides out of the feeder and you have to uh, you know you hold it between your your thumb and your pointer finger and you kind of whip it around in the air to get it to develop and then finally the picture is there, right? Well, so Kodak was thinking people love that. People really value that. And so what they did with the digital technology is they basically vaulted it. They basically said, no one really wants that. No one's really gonna like that. Let's put it away. We don't need to care about it. You know, forget about it. And as we know, Kodak pretty much sabotaged their entire business. I mean, they were they were sort of analogous with photography, and now they 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 have no presence at all, right? And so it's just interesting when people totally don't understand their value both from a professional standpoint and from a business standpoint. Which is it's so shocking to me, right? It's 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 why wouldn't you spend all of your time and energy getting as clear a picture as possible as you can of your value? Now, beyond this, sometimes I run into people who they do understand their value. They, they know it. They know what they're good at. They know what they bring to the table or, or maybe from a, a business standpoint, they know that what they're offering is valuable. They have verified it, whatever, but they're just really bad at communicating it. And I was talking to a woman who she was essentially in her, her job, she was promised something like a 10% raise or maybe it was a 20% raise. It was something insane if her company went from like 400 grand to 800 grand. And so, you know, she busted her butt and the company worked really hard. Well, the company didn't go from 400 grand to 800 grand. It went from 400 grand to something like $2 million. I mean, way over the 800 grand. And so we're talking and I said, okay, wow. So like, did you get the raise? No, I didn't get the raise. Well, what do you mean you didn't get the raise? You know, I thought... I thought that you, that was the agreement was you would get the 20% or you'd get, you get whatever the percent was. If you guys went and hit this revenue, she's like, yeah, we did. But you know, they said they want to reinvest in the company and I don't want to be that person who seems greedy and yada yada. yada. And, and it actually it makes me think about another person who she was telling me that, Anytime she would bring in a client, she would bring in a new lead for the company that she's supposed to get a a percent commission off of it. And she had just recently brought in this new client and the boss hadn't given her the commission. And just like this person with the raise, the conversation was, did you ask for the commission? And in both situations, both people said, no, I didn't. I didn't do it. Right. And I think it's because we as people sometimes were really cognizant of not wanting to be greedy, not wanting to be self-serving. In fact, it's something like 70% of people, what they talk about and think about is the good of the team and the good of the business. And yet what most people need is is individual recognition, compensation, whatever, but we're not always likely to actually push for that. Otherwise, like I said, you, you come across as self-serving, greedy, selfish, whatever. But here's the problem with both of those situations is that just like I mentioned at the start of this podcast episode, no one is going to come up to you and say, wow, you are so valuable. In fact, no one is going to care about your career as much as you do. Which is why it's so interesting to me that I see people who, they pass up the opportunity to talk about the promotion. They pass up the opportunity to talk about the raise because in their mind, they're waiting for the boss to say, okay, now it's time. Now you're worth it. What's so interesting to me is that just like we operate in good faith for the benefit of our company, we assume that other people will operate in good faith to us, right? If I do good for you, you will do good for me. Unfortunately, it doesn't play out that way. So why not? Is it because that most people are manipulative or self-serving or selfish? I I don't think so. I, I think it's because a company in general is so complicated and so complex There just really isn't a lot of mental energy that can be devoted to each employee specifically. You know, I think about myself, for example, this company that I I left about a month ago, really phenomenal people, really great people. You know, these are people who, you know, don't have a dishonest bone in their body. But at the end of the day, my CEO is focused on, on running a million dollar business. She's not necessarily focused on the benefits of one employee. Right now there's some times that she may think about it and how are my people doing and how am I employ- and how can I take care of them? But think about all the millions of things that one person is having to think about in terms of running a business on top of just, just managing their own life. Right. And it's why I really love the expression, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Because that person is essentially asserting their value so that people can understand it. Here's what I mean by that. Because no one is ever going to come to you and say on their own volition how valuable you are, what have you, you know, or I should say rather in rare circumstances will that happen, right? I mean, I I try to do that myself for people I work with, but but sometimes I just forget about it, I'm not thinking about it, whatever. So I, I would just say it's rare, rather it never happens. But because it's rare, you as a person... Have to be constantly asserting your value to the people you work with, right? So, what it could look like is, you know, you get on the subject of of um, on on a raise, right? And so, someone says, uh, you know, hey, I think you're worth a one percent raise well, maybe looking at all the metrics for the year, you exceeded expectations and you went above and beyond. And so maybe the, maybe rather than saying, okay, yeah, (laughs) you know, and letting them dictate your value. Maybe the response is, Hey, we went from 400,000 to 2 million. I think it's time that I'm, I'm owed that 20% raise or, Hey, I brought in this client. We talked about a 15% commission. I, I think I'm owed that. Am I not right? Am I? And the way I've always approached it is help me understand if I'm not, because, because again, you have to think about it from the perspective of, do you really understand your value? And then can you articulate it? So sometimes in those conversations of, uh, of value, I think about, for example, when I was a server at a restaurant, I was working the to go area and the to go person is supposed to get something like 10% of the ticket amount. Well, I had brought this woman in and she was looking for some to-go help. She was looking for catering for this big event. I got her all taken care of and I had to leave my shift. And the person who took over is the one who actually packaged up all the to-go stuff, who actually made sure all the food was there, who actually delivered it to her. Well, so when it came down to the 10%, the 10% went to him. And I remember going to my boss and saying, this is so unfair. I'm the one who acquired that client. I'm the one who got that person's business. How did I not, why am I not getting the 10%? And he said, well, it's because Jacob over here is the one who did all the work. He's the one who actually delivered it, who put it together. I mean, this person was sweating through his shirt, getting it over to this event. I I think that person's worth the 10%. And I thought about it and thought, you know what? You're right. Right. See, even when I was articulating my value, I, I didn't fully understand what my value really was, right? But having said that, what I see more often is people who they do know their value and they just, they just say nothing, right? For the sake of your career, for the sake of your family, what have you, you have to assert and fight for your value. You have to. You can't be a martyr for your company. You can't be sacrificial. That sounds so self-serving, but at the end of the day, 10 years from now, your company will have no idea the things that you, you, you didn't speak up for. They won't think about that. No one will know it except for you. And in the meantime, what I see is that people who are, they're being a martyr for their company because they think they're doing the right thing. The bottom line is no one will care more about your career than you, and no one's going to put your salary above their own, right? So you have to assert yourself. You have to assert your value. I was working with a major marketing firm, and this guy was, uh, he, was he was a little older. He was in his 40s or 50s, and at the time, I think I was like 26 or 27 years old, and we were talking about working with his team, and, and he said, you know, he kind of, looked at me pretty, pretty judgingly (laughs) because I was young and he was kind of like, oh, what's your story or how can you help? And in that moment, I realized I had an opportunity to either, you know, sort of try to be humble and let this person sort of determine, you know, oh, you're, you're a dumb millennial. What do you know? (laughs) Not that, not that he would ever say that, but I, I had a choice to either let this person determine what my value was or in return to assert my value to him. And so there are times when it's appropriate to really assert that value, right? And so I looked at him and said, you know, I'm who, this is who I am. This is how I can solve your problem. And, and sure enough, I got his work. I got his contract and I got even more follow-up work from him. I even think about times when, when people are in job interviews and they talk about you know, someone asked them, you know, what did you do here? Or how did, or how are you a team player? And they try to be super humble. And And now you have the expression of, you know, that's the one time you brag on yourself. And it, the reason it's so true is because, again, that is a time that you have to assert your value, right? From a business standpoint, it gets even more complicated. I was talking to with a woman in marketing and she was saying that one of her biggest issues in helping clients is that someone will come to her and say, well, I mean, how do I prove to someone I'm actually worthy of their business? Or how do I, how, you know, who am I to say that I deserve their business? And it's like, it's messed up from the get-go, right? Because no customer is going to tell you that. No one's going to feel sorry for you and say, you know what, you're right. I should, I should give you my money. The people that customers pay are the ones who assert themselves who say they know what they're talking about and they position themselves as having what the market really wants, right? And so even more importantly, if you even expand this out from a business perspective, if if maybe again, you're starting a business or you already have a business, here are some things to think about to really start getting customers and prove that you have something of value that's worth buying. First of all, You need to verify what you're offering is valuable. Okay. Well, I want to have a bakery. Great. How is it different from every other bakery that's in the world or in your area or in your state? What have you, why would I buy from you as opposed to someone else? Now the answer is because you offer something valuable over someone else. So is it, is it skill? Is it design? Is it customer service? Is it ease of sale? You know, this other client, I have to do like a two-hour call, but with you, I talk to you for one minute and you got it and it's perfect and it's exactly what I want. You know, what are the things that actually separate you from your competitors in a way that makes you valuable? The second thing is what you value simple and easy to understand, right? This applies for the, the team you work on. You know, when you think about your towering strengths, What do you bring to the team? What do you bring to the table? But also from a market standpoint, simply what does your company do? I love, I put a picture on Instagram the other day of Heinz Yellow Mustard. The bottle, literally all it says is yellow mustard. There's no complexity beyond that. There's no, this is the most amazing taste in your mouth. This is the most incredible condiment you could ever put on your sandwich. There's No fluff at all whatsoever. It's a very simple explanation of this is what we do. This is what it is. A good way to think about this is uh, Jim Collins in Good to Great calls it the hedgehog principle. And he talks about how a hedgehog is good at one thing. And if you've ever played the game Sonic, you know, it, it balls up with its spikes. Uh, I don't know if it's as fast as Sonic, but, you know, the, it, it's, it's the one thing it's good at. And so what's amazing is sometimes I talk to people and I say, okay, what does your business do? And they go on a five minute explanation. And I'm thinking, I don't even know, I don't even know what your business does. Or I was talking to a guy who he's a consultant and I said, all right, cool. So what do you do for organizations? And he goes, well, we, we, we insert ourselves and we become one with who they are to, to truly support their objective strategies and goals to get results. I said, okay, that sounds super fancy. The only part I like is you get results. (laughs) Now, if I'm an executive hiring, and that's also the only thing that I like. And so as you think about your business, what do you very simply do? What is your hedgehog principle? What's your hedgehog statement? You as a professional, when you think about doing well in the workplace, what's the one strength you have that no one else does? I'm a team player is what everyone says in every interview since the dawn of time, right? I'm a hard worker is what everyone says. What do you specifically have as a strength that you bring to the table? Beyond this, you cannot over or underestimate your product or you as a person. Being honest and getting clarity on here is so crucial in terms of developing yourself to be someone who is sought after and desired in the market. And again, that's from both a person, from a a personal standpoint and also from a business standpoint. So some steps that you can take right now is first of all, talking to people who really know you and getting clarity around what is your value. No one is valueless. No one is, is totally not worth anything. If you've been told that or you believe that, Congratulations, you've been lied to, or you've let your circumstances make you believe that. And then two, no one is invaluable, meaning everyone is replaceable. You're not God's gift to the world. So getting clarity around who you are and your value offering, and then two, asserting that. And especially if you're someone who you're super arrogant, you need to tone it down. What most people I see, how they act, the the, the the majority of people that I work with are on the other side. They're super humble and they're unwilling to assert their value. You have to. you got to be candid. You have to be direct because, again, no one will naturally see that in you. No one will naturally choose to observe that in you. You have to tell them, you have to let them know that applies to you as a professional. And again, especially if you own a business or run a business, you have to be able to communicate with your, your prospective clientele, customers, whatever, and help them understand what does it mean to work with you? What does it mean to buy your product, especially over the 10 million other product services, whatever that are out there. If you can understand this concept, I promise you, It will totally change the game for your life. Seriously, it will. I'm going to commit to doing this because this is something that I struggle with. When I was working at a restaurant, I remember I was working on my PhD and I was also working in a restaurant and I would, people would ask, you know, what do you do for a living? And I'd say, oh, I'm a server. I work in a restaurant. And my wife, finally, she got kind of fed up with it. She was like, why do you do that? Why do you tell people that? You know, like, why, why don't you tell them who you are and how valuable we are? So like, I get it that it, it's awkward and it feels gross and it feels, you know, it feels like you're being braggadocious, but there's a sweet spot between being that awful person and being someone who no one ever knows your value because you never told them. You have to tell them, you have to let them know both in your workplace And also, again, as a business, if you can do this, I promise you, it'll transform you professionally and it'll start getting you the customers that you're wanting to actually start making you some money and feeling successful. All right, that's all I got. Thanks for listening. I will catch you guys later.